This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We'll open up anybody wants to say anything, share anything, ask any questions. Now is the time. Yeah, go ahead. You read the question. Before you get married, when you have more time, what are some ways to develop these calluses and prepare for what life brings? So there's a... I just want to see. Okay, I don't know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're too tacky here. Okay. Um, Before you get married, how could you prepare yourself? I think it's very simple. Um, You know, a person grows up their whole life under their parents' auspices, under their parents' uh, shadow, banner, whatever you want to call it, in their parents' house. And really emotionally, we're dependent on our parents for so much that we have in our life. And I think it's great. It's important that we have that. But, you know, the the downside of, I don't want to call it being spoiled, but if you notice in life, it's the people that had the hardest upbringing. I, I saw recently somebody talking about, he said that in, in the Navy SEALs, right, the people who are the toughest of the tough, literally in life, he said they did, they, they went through like statistically that over 90% of them had like a Horrible, horrible upbringing in life. Horrible, horrible. Like uh, abandonment, abuse, neglect. And so the reason is, those are the ones that make it. Meaning a lot of people try out for, for the Navy SEALs, but most of them don't make it because they're too, they're too soft. They might be physically strong, but they're too soft emotionally. Now, I'm not, you don't have to become a Navy SEAL. You shouldn't, you shouldn't try out. <laughs> it's not a good idea. But it's the ability to, when life throws you things, to be able to, to be able to cry. To be able to not live in a sheltered environment that you that you're not exposed to anything in the world, and I'm not I'm not advocating for exposure just for the sake of exposure, but how how many people like their parents would never mention certain topics or or, or concepts in the house, and I'm not talking about things that are like inappropriate. I'm talking about things that are just harsh realities, and they just they just can't, you know. I I, I don't I could just speak for myself. I grew up. Maybe this is not not typical. I, I grew up. My my parents would talk about you know oh when Achimayev Esrim we want to be buried here and you know we should buy plots over there and this is how I think like that was like a normal conversation. Death and dying, a sickness and illness. If something happens, Hashem, you know, in the will, you're the one who should be taken care of. You're the medical proxy. Like these kinds of, of conversations were not like taboo subjects. I see here people are getting uncomfortable even when I mention it, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying that the idea, the idea that somebody can mention, you know, or say certain words like that, I, I don't think is a, is a, I, I don't think it's an Aver. I'm saying it's a very normal thing which could and should be brought up. I'm not saying you have to raise your children so exposed to the world that they, that they know every word or every concept or everything wrong with society. I'm just saying that your children could be brought up in a way where they just understand the basics. And and for somebody who's who's not married, to just understand that exposure to certain things and processing those things is just so important. And I'll add that if you are dating somebody, and I talk about this a lot, then you should date a person emotionally. That is literally the offshoot of this puzzle. When you date somebody and you say, what was your reaction to the October 7th attack? What was your reaction when you, you guys are too young for 9-11? Like, what was your reaction when you heard about 9-11? Oh, you remember it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or whatever, whatever, whatever emotional experience that you went through, the ability to articulate that, the ability to talk about it, the ability to, to show a person, this is what my emotions are, is, is ultimately going to, going to play such a factor or can play such a factor in your relationship. Because the reality is, is that 
shocker, marriage is an emotional relationship between two people. So if when there are high emotions at stake and you don't know what you're getting, then you might be in for a surprise as to what reaction your spouse has because you you didn't really date them emotionally. And that's what I mean when I talk about dating emotionally. So first it comes to preparing yourself emotionally. It doesn't mean you have to have an inner callus. It doesn't mean that you have to be somebody who's, who's oh, when I heard that happen, I joined the army. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants an 18-year-old girl who just joined the army because she heard about, you know, uh, one of the events. That's not what we're pushing. We're pushing the idea. I sat down. I cried. I sat down. I gathered my friends together. We took on a Kabbalah. Something healthy. You dealt with it in a healthy manner. That's the key. That's what you're trying to, to drive at. So I think anybody can practice this in your own house. You don't have to go out. You don't even have to go on a date with somebody. Just processing through your emotions to make sure that they're healthy. That's what I'm referring to. Okay. Hi, am I on? Hello? Hello? Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. First of all, thank you so much. That was really interesting, um, this class. But I, I don't really understand so much what you just explained to the previous person. I'm a parent now, and I have, like, teenage children. And I feel like so much it's kind of my responsibility um, not my kids in, in order to become tougher and more thick skinned and more the ability to cope. Um, I feel like as a, like ch children sort of are products of this. And if they grow up coddled and it's not like they're damaged because they can undo it, but I don't understand really how somebody has the ability to move out of it without actually having those struggles. Do you know what I mean? So if like I'm I, understanding if I'm understanding correctly your question, I think that again, you have to know what's what's age appropriate and and for each you know for each person also there's a difference because certain people who are exposed to certain things, it will damage them if it's if it's right. too much and too fast. But there are oftentimes people who raise their children where the parents take on the brunt of all the emotions, all the fears, all the tragedy, all everything, and the children are completely segregated from that until the kid is walked down the aisle. And then all of a sudden, they're forced to face fears, challenges, emotional, psychological, monetary, and they're completely unaware. They, they, don't, they don't have a concept of what it means to do any of this, to struggle with money. I'll give you a small example. Let's talk about money. Giving your kids a, an allowance and showing them you could afford this, you cannot afford this. You know, that, that ability, that little small struggle is 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 priceless for children because those children will become the next adults and the next leaders. And when that kid doesn't know what it means that we can't afford this and and therefore I don't know what to do about that, well then that's that's a parenting, I don't want to call it a failure, but that's a parenting effect. Right? Parents raise their raise their children in a certain way. I, I once had a guy who was dating a girl and he asked the girl question. He said, if we were if we were married and you wanted to get a thousand dollar pair of shoes and we just, we couldn't afford it, what would you do? So the girl said, I would do what I do now. I go to my father, I yell, I scream, I throw a tantrum and, and he'll buy it for me. That's what she said. So he said, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he asked me, what do I think? I said, I don't think this is, I mean, you have to decide ultimately. I just, you know, I, that's, I don't think that's a really great answer. 
There's a there's a girl who who is not prepared for life's challenges when it comes to money. Her parents may have thought they were great parents. They gave her all the money that she needs. They 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 you know all the clothes that she wants and everything, and, and that's great. But they they were not ultimately teaching her how to deal with no. The answer sometimes is no. She never learned the word no. She never learned to deal with that challenge. So again, every case is, is, is specific. So you have to understand when the answer is yes and when the answer is no. But I think a lot of parents who think that they're great parents because they're always saying yes to their kids, they're, they're not. I, I heard from somebody who's what I consider probably one of the most premier um, experts in, in, in parenting. They said, you know, every once in a while, you should take your kids somewhere, like to like Amazing Savings or like one of these stores, and don't buy them anything. Go in because you need to buy tablecloths or something. Literally, just go in and just walk in and just go like, but bring your kids. Go to like the aisle that they have the tablecloths and everything. And then when your kids go, oh my gosh, they have uh, games for $1.99 that you can get. Just go like, oh yeah, but what, is, what does that have to do with us? And your kids will be like, it's like, we're here, it's there, look. And you say, yeah, okay. You like that game? Great. Your birthday is in uh, 11 months? You got it. I'll make sure that you uh, you have one of that waiting for you. That's it. I, I was blown away. I thought I was like, no, that's torture. They're like, that's not torture. It's it's called chenach. You're raising your child. That Not every time you walk into the store do you have to go to the end cap and just pick something off. Right where they where they get you with all those like little things you have to buy don't have to buy it. She'll learn that the answer sometimes is no. We didn't come here for that. We don't have to spend money on that. I I was I was surprised at the time, but I I think that it's a much broader application than just money. It's an application for preparation. When that adult walks into a store in the mall, they have to be able to walk in, look at a coat, and go no. Can't afford this one. I'm going to go take a cheaper one. That that has to be the reality of a successful adult. Or else it becomes just a person who just, just doesn't have the ability. I don't have the ability to say no. I can't say no. Either because I, I'm just used to always buying whatever I want to buy. Or because my friends have it. How could I not have it? Or I had my eye on this for so long. Uh, at this point, I just have to do it. It's a certain maturity. It's a certain idea of being able to say no. The example of, of Elishava, of Aaron Akain, of, of Avram Avinu, of this woman, is, is really an example of an extreme no. It's a godly no. It's where Hashem says the answer is no, right? So that's like the ultimate, like it's tragic. But the ability to deal with smaller no's is, um, is, is super important. Wait, wait, take a, take a, take a mic. Mother one time when she had to go to a toy store and she's an awesome mother. I love her, but she didn't buy me one toy. And I still remember this and it traumatized me. Whereas a Toys R Us, my, her brother was like, just get, he's so disciplined. He was like, just get her one thing. And she's like, no. And I, it still bothers me. I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is like when I was five and it, like, I don't I understand like the amazing savings, but isn't that extreme? Like you're, you're five years old and you're in Toys R Us. Like, is that, 
what that lady meant. That's a, like, I, I don't, again, every case I think is specific. So my mother's amazing, by the way. I love my mother, but I'm traumatized about that one situation. I think, I think um, maybe your mother should have prepared you. Like, right. I'm not saying, I'm not looking back and, and criticizing your mother. Right. Maybe she should have said, you know, I just want to tell you, I have to get something for somebody else for Hanukkah. I'm going to right, because I was so little and it really annoyed me. I don't know. I just remember that. Okay. Maybe you were too young to, to, to... No, I was looking at every toy and I'm like, I just want one want toy. Something. 100%. <laughs> right. Okay. But the idea for adults is certainly... But I like the concept of no. So how do you like, I guess like, what does she mean by like amazing savings? Like she means like, like she doesn't mean torture a kid, take them to the toy store, and then say no. No, like you walk in and just and just no. It's not you're not trying to torture your children. Right. You're trying to teach your children. Again, let's use uh not amazing savings and not Toys R Us. Right. Take a regular grocery store. Right. Right. How often do parents go into a store, right, and then they come out and they buy twenty things that they didn't intend to buy before? Yeah. Why not? Because right. It happens. Now, again, I'm not saying you should torture your children, and you should spend a lot of time with your kids, and you should give right. them all the gifts in the world. And maybe you say to your kid, by the way, we're going to the store, you have a $5 budget. Right. You're you're putting parameters. You're right. putting structure. No, you could oh. say no. I guess if you go to the grocery store, maybe just like a toy store is a bad example because like really. Even, even or a candy store. store is a bad example. Yeah, you don't go to. Candy aisles in every grocery right. store. So right. So that's okay because I guess the store is so big that you take they're still not going just to a candy store where there's only candy and then they can't have anything like or, or different. Even there, I'll just say again, I think every parent has to weigh where they apply this and how they, um, of how they, you know, deal with this. I'll just call it. I'm not saying that every scenario you walk in, you should say no, just to teach your children a lesson either. But the, the idea the ability of a kid learning that the answer sometimes is going to be no. Sometimes it's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I could give you another 10 examples here. Um, you know, a, a kid comes running into their parents and says, you know, oh my gosh, t- tomorrow morning, uh, I have a, a report due or I have a test due. Again, I'm not saying don't take this at face value, but a lot of times people, their parents, they tend to swoop in and they go, oh my gosh. Okay. Right. Cancel my night. You forgot to do what you needed to do your responsibility for the last month. And tonight, okay, I'm Superman and I'm going to like make this happen for you. Sometimes that is appropriate. Sometimes. Sometimes it is not appropriate. I'm not telling any guidelines. I'm just saying a person has to think through when you're teaching your children achrayas, responsibility. What happens when that child who's in fourth grade who thinks it's the end of the world, that that report's not given in or that that homework's not done, what happens when that person is 30 years old and there's a real deadline? For a court case or for a tax return or for their boss or something that's really serious. Mommy's not answering the phone right now. Mommy's not in this field to even know what to do right now. Teaching your children achrayas, including responsibility, boundaries, no emotional strength. There's a whole series of things here, which I think it, it's, it's, a, it's an inner strength. It's not, it's not as simple as we as we tend to put it that like, Oh, yeah, I'm such a great parent because I gave my kids everything. More often than not, you give your kids everything, you're not teaching your kids anything. Some of the greatest, the most wealthy people in the world, if you, if you listen to them talk about how they relate to wealth in terms of their children, most of them make their kids get jobs. They make their kids get degrees. They go to, make them go to college. They make them earn a living. They make them start at the bottom. It's all the ones that didn't do that, that gave their kids just like a blank check and do whatever you want. Those kids ruin their lives. 
Many of them, they have major deep psychological issues. They don't know anything about boundaries. They don't know anything about no. They don't know anything about I can't buy whatever I want. The answer to everything is either my daddy or my money or my status, right? So those people are the worst people in society. They literally have no structure whatsoever. And 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 this generation of wealth in, in the secular world, if you listen to them talk about it, they all recognize it. Oh, I would never give all this money, which is why some of the wealthiest people, they're leaving all their money to the poor and to the animals and, and to Africa, like, like hundreds of billions of dollars that's been pledged. Why not? Give it to your family. No, it'll ruin my kids. I would never do that to my family. I would never give them the curse of all this money. We're all like, okay, give it to me, you know, like, <laughs> right? But they recognize, they recognize no structure is so dangerous. So there's a lot of truth to this. That's all I'm saying. Can yeah. I say something? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that I think that what the other lady was saying that saying no was so traumatized her, and I'm not judging anything over there at all. But I think the ability to be able to say no comes when we also say yes. Like if it's just no, no, no all the time. Yeah, correct. Then I correct. feel like there has to be those yeses, and then the nos mean something also. If great, there's a yes as point. well. Yes, great point. Great point. The, the yes has to be there as well. And therefore the no is a no. Right. And I'll say the opposite also is that if you can't say no, then the yes really doesn't mean a yes either. They balance exactly. each other out very strongly. You bring up a very good point. That's correct. That's correct. Right. The idea that a person is able to say no is, yeah, now it's no because tomorrow it's yes. Tomorrow it's yes because today was no. There is that balance that has to be struck. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Very, very, very good point. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people are asking, like, what do they do if they're not, like, if they weren't raised with that type of parenting? Um, like, one person asked, uh, like, if they weren't much. raised that way or if they're not raising their children that way? They're not raised that way. One person said, if a person enters into married life not so equipped to handle life as you described, can you please address what is the best way to develop it into the into the kind of person you're describing. Yes. I think that a person needs to be comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. I think that that, that is the key to success and growth in any area of life. So, you know, you, you don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym for four hours and go to the work for, four, you know, go to work for, for 14 hours straight and stand on your feet to become a martyr in order to achieve great things in life. But any person who's done anything successfully over time, they did it by having short, attainable, incremental goals. And they were very practical. They weren't 30,000 foot. They weren't like, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to change the world and I'm going to change my country. It was a person who said, right now, I'm getting up at 8 o'clock. I want to get up at 7 o'clock. I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier a day. Right now, I'm having a hard time with, let's say, making Shabbos. I'll use that as an example. Every day, I'm going to teach myself another another dish to make. And then over time, over a week or two, I will be able to make an entire Shabbos. Um, I once spoke to a girl, one of my students, who wanted to work on Tzniyas. And I said, what does that mean to you? She said, yeah, I'm listening to classes and I'm, I'm going to take notes and I want to hear everything that has to do with Tzniyas. I said, you know what else you could do about Tzniyas? Well, so every day, take one thing that's not Tzniyas, throw it in the garbage, and then go on Amazon or I don't know, whatever stores you go shopping on and order one thing to replace that and do that every day. And then you'll find you'll be dressed Sanua within a month or two. And she came back. She was like, uh, I dressed Sanua. Like literally like within like a month, like, okay, <laughs> all my stuff is Tzniyas now. I don't know what to do about it. You know, like that was it. Boom, tackled. It's so, so often it's like in our head, 
you take practical steps to change something and then you'll see it will actually change. So what can you do? You can deal with things. Maybe if you're not good at finance, say to your husband, um, you know, I'd like to be involved in paying the bills and, and helping balance things. I want to understand how much money we're earning or how much money we're spending. Get yourself involved in things that you otherwise would just say, oh, this is somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Like that person was my parents and now that person is my is my husband or my wife. No, learn it. How often do you hear people say like, oh, I'm not a techie person. I'm not a finance person. I'm not a smart person. I'm not an organized person. Stop saying what you're not and start saying what you are, what you could be. You know, the, the idea of marriage helps define people, refine people. It helps make a person a better version of themselves. I think I said this, but I'll say it again. I was once sitting with somebody on a panel and the question came up about a certain topic that a wife wanted something from her husband. And the person sitting next to me said, he said, listen, if, if you're, if, if you're an, if you're an apple and your spouse is, 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 is an orange and they're asking you for orange juice, but you're an apple. So like, what are you supposed to do? Like you're an apple, you give apple juice. So when it came to my turn, I said, you better figure out how to get some orange juice, okay? Because if your spouse wants orange juice, right, metaphorically, you figure out how they're getting this, right? You can't make it. You can't squeeze it. You could buy it. You better figure out how you're getting orange juice because that's their need. When you get married to somebody, they're expecting you to fulfill their needs. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an inherent part of marriage. I know we could go off on a million tangents here. Is that right? Is that wrong? The bottom line is, is when people's needs are met, they feel good. They feel validated. They feel loved. They feel cherished. They feel understood. That's one of the essential parts of marriage is a person who's in tune to your needs and they fulfill those needs. When a person simply says, I could fulfill certain things, but those other things, eh, I'm not cut out for that. Of course, you're not cut out for that. You're not cut out for that because you were born. And then you were cut out for whatever you put your, your your mindset to. And those became your strengths. Those things that you focused on became your strengths. People who are really good at history, they don't wake up one day and, and put in a USB into their brain and then learn history. They studied history. They showed an interest in, him, in history. Same thing with math or science or learning or any other area of chachma, of strength, of glura, of anything that a person succeeds in. It's because they actually applied themselves. They applied themselves. It was hard for them at first, and then they grew, and they grew, and they became more knowledgeable. The idea of a person saying, it's, it's, it's just not me, or that's not my cup of tea, or that's not who I am, I think is just a person who's scared to take a risk. A scared, uh, it's a person who's not interested in, in, in stepping out of their comfort zone. So if a person is, is, is in this world, in this world of marriage, where they're putting themselves out there and they're saying, I, was, I grew up in a house which was a little bit more coddling, a little bit more sheltering, what do I do now? Be comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. Just like you would in a physical sense, just like you would in a mental sense, you should do the same thing in an emotional sense. Put yourself out there a little bit. Allow yourself a little bit of exposure to certain things that will test you, that will push your limits, and you'll see yourself rise to the challenge. And in a few short months, you will see that your strength is so much greater in a few short months than it would have organically developed over many, many years. So often people say, I'm 30 years old already. I'm 40 years old already. I, I'll tell you what, I see people that are in their 70s and 80s and they're still children. They're babies. They yell, they scream, they cry, they sit on the floor, they throw tantrums. Not any different. They never developed themselves emotionally. 
So the way that they talk to their spouse, the way that they deal with something that doesn't go their way, no, I don't like this. Why is that any different than, than a two-year-old child or a three-year-old child? There's no difference. The only difference is that they have a seven in front of the two. The two just has a two. They just have a seven in front of the two or an eight in front of the two. Not any different. Emotionally, that's where they're holding. And that's such a chaval. You couldn't handle somebody saying something to you or somebody dealing with you a little bit challenging, a little adversity. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot here needs to be unpacked. Maskim? Yeah, we're settled by you. Okay, fine. Very good. Okay, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.